0: Uh, so before we get started this morning, um, I, I actually wanted to take a quick roll call to make sure that everybody's here, um, but I can't do it by name because that would take too long, so I just did it by categories. So if you hear kind of what category you fall into, you know, feel free to just shoot your hand way up there in the sky so I can see it. Uh, so let's see, where, where are all the greedy people? Where are all the selfish people? Petty people? Envious people? Prideful? Drunks, sluggards, addicts, prejudice, workaholics, lustful, resentful, revengeful, cheating, adulterers, liars, gossipers, gluttonous, worried. Did I, did I miss anybody? If so, just feel free to stand up where you are and let us know uh, what category you fall into. If I if I missed you, but okay, I think I think we got everybody. All right, I just I just wanted to make sure that 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 the whole church is here so that we could have church this morning. We we couldn't really have church without. You all here, so glad glad you're here. Because today I want to talk about um, uh, I want to take a careful look at one of uh, the teachings of Jesus. Actually, kind of one of the commandments that he gave to his early disciples. And uh, and ironically, it it happens to be the commandment that that Christians seem to quickly forget. Uh, but the commandment that that non-Christians and non-religious people uh, seem to be able to quickly remember and kind of throw it back in our face, and and often rightly so. But it's the the one thing about Christianity that that non-Christians and non-religious people just kind of hate about Christianity. And so maybe you have a friend or a neighbor or a coworker or, or your adult child who, who doesn't go to church, and they don't go to church because it's not that they don't believe, but they don't go to church because of the people within the church. Some of those roll call names that I just gave off. And, and they've given you their reason why, And maybe it sounds familiar that you've heard this before. They said, well, you know, the Bible says, do not judge. The the Bible says, thou shalt not judge. And maybe they can't tell you the chapter or the verse. Maybe you don't know the chapter or the verse. But they know somewhere in there, it says, thou shalt not judge. And they're right. And you're right. It's in there. And actually, Jesus is the one who said it. And so, to quote it, this is from Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. He says this Do not judge. Do not judge. Funny thing is that that this teaching is actually a uh, part of one of the larger probably the greatest teachings that Jesus ever gave it's what we called the sermon on the mount it spans a few chapters in Matthew's gospel and so this is part of Jesus's like his manifesto his thesis his his defense and within it he thought that it was important enough to call us out on our own stuff and say do not judge do not judge and so why why is it that we do? I mean nobody likes to be judged, but we've all been judged before. We know that feeling that it creates and and so why why do we judge others? Why why don't I mean it's simple enough. Do not judge. Why don't we just follow that? And let's be honest, let's just call a spade a spade here. Why does it seem that religious people seem to be so judgmental? Why does it seem that the Christians seem to be so judgmental there 's two reasons I think one is is that we 're just jealous, and two is that we're we 're self righteous. We can be a little self righteous so I want to just talk about something for a second. So if you will, just kind of pause with me. so on the count of three, say pause with me, ready one, two, three. Pause. Okay, so have you ever met a Christian who's just like really excited about hell? Really excited about the end of times and how everything's going to go down. I mean, those are two very fascinating topics of of discussion within the realm of Christian theology, but you've come across somebody who's like a little too fascinated with it before. They seem strangely happy that there is a hell and that there will be people who will go to that place. Not that they're going there, of course, no, not, but but they're kind of happy that Their friends, their co-workers, their neighbors that they've seen who have spent their whole life doing whatever it is that they wanted to do, doing whatever it is that seemed right in their own eyes, they're kind of happy, a little excited that that those people are going to get what they deserve, that they're going to get what's coming to them, they're going to get their just reward. And so generally speaking, just generally speaking, what, what I've noticed is that there seems to be a correlation. That the more excited a person is about, about who who's going to hell, there seems to be a correlation between that and the more self-righteous that they are. And you know, su- surprisingly, I get asked quite a bit by, by non-Christians and those like overly excited Christians about who I think is going to hell. And I always give uh, a response that I borrowed from another pastor that I kind of, hate, but I also kind of love at the same time. And I always say, look, I'm not in management. I'm in sales. <laughs> kind of simplifies things, right? Like, look, it's, it's not my job to to decide who's in or who's out. It's not my job to fire people, right? My job is is to invite everyone in. I mean, and that's kind of my, my hope, is that hell is empty and heaven is just full bursting at the scene, not really because I'm an introvert, so that would be hell for me, but uh, <laughs> that hell would be empty and I would have plenty of people to talk to when I wanted to. But anyways, I mean, isn't that, isn't that kind of what our hope should be? And isn't that kind of what God's hope is? I mean, we've all heard John 3.16. We've, we've heard this before, but sometimes we forget it. When it says, for God so loved the good people, the polite people, the Christian people, the people that look like me and talk like me and think like me. No, for God so loved the what? The world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever she believe in him. She'll not perish, but have eternal life. Isn't that the kind of the whole point of it all? Isn't that kind of like God's hope on display? And so why are we so busy trying to become managers when that's not what we're called to do? Okay, I'll get off that soapbox now. All right, so unpause with me. On the count of three, ready, say unpause. One, two, three, unpause. All right, so judging. To judge someone is means to act like a judge upon that person. That you bring someone before your court while you sit on the judge's bench and you pass judgment on them based on the case that you have constructed for yourself against them. That you are the one that's bringing this evidence against them. But well, the thing about us as, as judges is the way that we operate our kind of own inner courtrooms within our own minds when we judge people is that we go by the standard guilty until proven innocent. Did you catch that? That's the standard we go by. You're guilty until proven otherwise. Or, or to say it another way that when we judge someone it's, it's to size them up and write them off. You size them up, mm -hmm, and write them off. And so when Jesus says, and when Christians say, and when non-Christians say, thou shalt not judge, what we're really saying is, thou shalt not size me up. Thou shalt not look at what I'm wearing, look at what I'm driving, look at what I've done, look at what I'm doing, and write me off. Don't criticize me for what I'm doing or what I have done. Don't, don't compare me to someone else. Not him, not her, not my older brothers, not your mother. And don't confront me on my behavior. Thou shalt not judge. But here's the thing about that. Is that we we tend to think that that, that statement, that commandment just ends right there. Thou shalt not judge, period, hard stop, moving on. But it doesn't end there. So here's actually the rest of just that one verse. We're going to look at a few of them. Here's the rest of that one verse. Jesus says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. And so here, next time somebody is judging you, just quote the whole verse back to them. You say back to them, Look, do not judge, or you too will be judged. And that will shut them up pretty quickly, because all of a sudden there's a threat involved, Right? So Jesus seems to be threatening here, so let me let me give you the rest of it, all right? Do not judge, or you too will be judged. And he goes on, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be used it will be measured to you. With what judgment that you judge, so too will you be judged. Or in other words, be careful when you break out that measuring stick against somebody else. Because that's the same measuring stick that's going to be used against you. That if your judgment is harsh, if your judgment is quick, if it's petty, if it's unfair, if it's unjust, if it's not fully informed, that the way that you judge other people will be used to judge against you. And so judge unto others, as you would have others judge unto you. Judge unto others, as you would have others judge unto you. And I know how I want you to judge me. I mean, I want you to judge me with, with mercy, with patience, with understanding. That, that if you're going to judge me, then, then I want you to take into consideration my past, my upbringing, my stressors my my strengths but but also make sure that you catch all of my weaknesses that that if you're going to judge me then then I want two things to be at the forefront of your mind. I want empathy and grace to be at the forefront of your mind if you are going to pass judgment on me. Now, the first thing is I want you to be able to see things from my point of view. And then if we still disagree, if you still got something with me, then then I want you to be gracious in the way That you judge me. I mean, those are the two measuring sticks that I want you to use against me. Empathy and grace. But then how come? How come? How come I am unwilling to use those same measuring sticks against you when I judge you? How come? Well, it's because of the same reason why we judge in the first place. That whenever we judge someone, we we think that we're self-righteous. We we think that we are right to sit in that seat of judgment upon them. That when I judge another person, I, I'm not trying to judge them with empathy or grace because I think I don't need grace for myself in this issue. I, I don't need to try to understand their perspective because I would never do that. I'm not like that. I'm I'm better than them so I don't need to be gracious with the way that I judge them because because I would never wear that. I would never say that. I would never do that. I would never post that. I would never, I would never, I would never. And then Jesus says something that takes all of us who are a little self-righteous because given the right circumstances, we can all be a little self-righteous. Jesus says something that takes us all off of our judge's bench And puts us in our right place. And he asks a question. And he says this. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? And why are you so focused on that one little thing that's in their eye? And reading this, we might kind of like this part because it, it confirms that Jesus is seeing the same thing that we're seeing. That Jesus seems to agree with us that there is a speck in their eye. There is something wrong with them. Like giving us the right to go and tattletale on them. Hey, Jesus, Jesus, hey, did you see that speck in their eye? Did, did you see it? Did, did you notice it? Did you see what they're wearing? you see what they're doing? you see who they're with? Do you know what they did last summer? But Beware. Because, again, the statement doesn't end there. Jesus has more to say. There's a comma to it. And he says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Ouch. Now, we may be tempted to say, Well, hold on, Jesus. You've got your specks and your planks mixed up, okay? it's That's... That's not a speck in their eye. That that's a plank. Jesus, do you know who they voted for? Jesus, do you do you know who they're with? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. You've got to fix your frame. First, let's let's do a close-up of you. Before you try to bring them into the picture, let's let's look right at you. You got planks? You got planks? And he asks us all a good question. Why do you pay no attention? Why do you pay no attention to the planks in your own eye, but you get so focused on the speck that's in theirs? And maybe one reason is, is we think that, well, we just, we don't see it. That we don't think that there's anything wrong with us. Other people have planks, and yeah, I might have a speck or two, but but they're the ones with planks, Jesus. I'm the one with the sawdust. And right there is probably the biggest plank that you have. That we have self-righteously blinded ourselves from our own problems, from our own struggles, from our own sins. And that's the reason why we don't measure others with grace and with empathy, but we pass these harsh, quick judgments on other people. Or the second reason why why we might do this, why we avoid the planks in our own eyes, is because, well, let's be honest, it's it's easy. It's easier. And, if we're really honest, it's kind of more fun than noticing the speck in your eye it distracts me from having to deal with the plank that's in my own eye. It, it distracts me from my own stuff. It distracts me from having to deal with my own mess. That, that noticing your speck makes me feel better about myself. That if I can just focus on your speck, then that's going to make me feel better about myself. So, so thank you so much for being just a walking disaster because you are making me look better. Thank you so much. So Brene Brown gives this uh, great understanding to this, and, and I love the way that she puts it. Brene Brown, she says this, we're hard on each other because we're using each other as a launching pad out of our own perceived deficiency. Just hang with that for a second. The reason why we're so hard on each other is because we're using each other as a launching pad out of our own perceived deficiency that when we stumble across some stuff in our own lives, what we like to do is we like to find somebody else that we can push off of, that we can, we can push them a little bit, and it's going to make us feel better about our own stuff. And you know what? Consistently throughout the teachings of Jesus, he said things that would get under our skin and make us so uncomfortable. Because that's what the truth does, and that's how the truth changes us. It kind of gets under our skin. And it makes us see things the way that they really are, because that has been Jesus' invitation to us. Come and see the world as I see the world. See as I see. See as I see. See as I see. And his next invitation is for us to see ourselves, see others, see the world as Jesus sees the world. And so, listen to what he says next here in Matthew 7, verse 4. He says, How can you say to your brother, Let me, mm, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? Now, how dare you notice what's wrong with someone else without also noticing what's wrong with yourself? How, how dare you come to them and say, Let me. Now we've all had somebody come to us before and begin their statement by saying, Here, let me. And we felt our fish. Fist clench and pull back, ready to take a swing at him, right? Here, let me, child, tell you how things really are. Here, let me tell you what you did wrong. Here, let me tell you how the way the world really is. Here, let me tell you the way that the world really works because I see the world rightly and you don't see it correct. Here, let me, and Jesus says to those let me people, you Hypocrite. Yay! You give it to those hypocrites, Jesus. You give it to those judgy church folks. Go get them. You know what a hypocrite is, right? You've known them. You've seen them. You've been them. Somebody who says something, believes something, but acts in a totally different way. Or it's someone who is so fascinated with a speck in somebody else's eye that they neglect to address the plank that's in their own eye. That's the way that Jesus describes being a hypocrite here. So fascinated with someone else's problems and not even noticing their own. But again, we like to think that this statement just ends with an exclamation point. That Jesus says, you hypocrite, boom, drops the mic and walks away. But his lesson isn't done yet. And so he goes on, and he says, You hypocrite, first, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly. Then you will see clearly. You know, whenever we judge someone, it reveals within us an unhealed part of our soul. That whenever we judge someone, it, it, it unearths in us a hard part of our heart. I mean, have you ever noticed that that there's probably a pattern to the people that you judge? Why is that? There's usually a pattern to the people that you like to pass judgment on. Why, why is that? I suspect that there's probably something in your past that's informing your pattern of judgment. And so what is it? Or, Or to, or to ask in another way, What's your plank? What's your plank that you've been carrying around? I mean, I think that's a good question for all of us to ask is is what what planks have I been carrying around? What are yours? Now, I don't know if you have any, but Jesus seems to assume that we kind of all do, and I would say that his assumption is probably pretty spot on. What are your planks? And I bet you already know what they are. You don't need me to stand up here and give you a list of what they already are. Because, yeah, we might be a little self-righteous, but I'll give us the benefit of the doubt here. We're probably also just even a little bit self-aware. We know our planks. And so is Jesus saying here, look, you know what you have to deal with, so just go and mind your own business. Just go take a good look in the mirror, go work on yourself, and leave everybody else alone. Go, go mind your own business, because you've got plenty of business to be minding on your own. Whereas our mamas and our elementary school teachers taught us, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't. Yeah, I mean, that's the same lesson that Jesus is teaching here. If you don't have anything nice to say, then, then don't say anything at all. Well, I wish Jesus ended his lesson there. <laughs> because that means I could end my sermon here. And we've all heard it before. If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Don't, don't judge. Mind your own business. Don't be a hypocrite. When you notice a speck in someone else's eye, it should remind you of the plank in your own eye. So go home and deal with your own plank. Go deal with that. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, you're free to go home. You're free to go and deal with your own plank. You're free to go home and mind your own business. But, uh, Jesus doesn't stop there. Remember that Jesus said, first, you've got to deal with your own plank. First meaning that there's probably a second. And so listen to what he says. He says, you hypocrite, first... First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And this is the part that makes us polite church folk a little bit more uncomfortable. Because we have a tendency to forget this part. We, we have a tendency to just kind of cut Jesus short. Yeah, we can, we can work on our own stuff, but ooh, gosh, We think the Bible just says, thou shalt not judge. Like, yeah, I see your speck, I I notice it, but I'm not going to say anything about it, okay? Because that's just going to be uncomfortable for the both of us. That I see your speck, and it's there to remind me of my own plank, so I'm going to go home, and I'm going to work on myself. Thank God for your speck, thank God for your little sin, because it reminds me of my much bigger, greater sin. See the speck in them, notice the plank in you, and go and become a better version of you. And so because you're a mess, it helps me to know that I'm a mess. And your mess encourages me to go and make myself a better person. That's where we kind of like to stop the teaching. And I think that's where Jesus should have stopped it. (laughs) But unfortunately he didn't. He said, first, go deal with your own stuff so that you can see clearly, to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Ugh, Jesus, why do you have to make it so difficult? why do you have to make it so hard? Well, because, 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 because Christianity is never about what's just in it for me. Christianity is never just about how to make myself a better person. That's an important part of it. But if it just ends there, if we just put a period there, then that's not the Christianity of Jesus. That if you notice the speck in someone else's eye and you say nothing at all, even though it may not be nice, you might just have to point it out. And try to help them. Pull it out. But you know, this version of Christianity here, this just seems so. What's the word I'm looking for? Judgmental. Jesus, this this just seems so judgmental. But I think this is Jesus' main point in in the whole teaching that he's not just teaching us to be polite, he's teaching us to change the world. He's not teaching us good manners, he's, he's concerned about holiness. But the order is important. Don't forget that, because we've, we've neglected it for so long. The order is important. He says, first, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then, second, so that you can see clearly, take the speck out of your brother's eye. That Jesus commands us to deal with our own issues so that we can help, not judge, other people with theirs so that we can leverage the grace, the mercy, the healing that, that we have found in our own lives, what God has done in us, even though we still might have some issues to work on, but we can find that grace, that mercy, that healing that we've found in our own lives, and we can offer and extend it to someone else. Because here's, here's the thing that Jesus says here at, at the end, when we think it's just, oh, that's so, that's so judgy, Jesus. I think he would say, Thou shalt not judge does not equate with thou shalt not care. Did you catch that? That thou shalt not judge does not equate to thou shalt not care. That thou shalt not judge. I I cannot simply size you up and write you off. But also, also, I cannot size you up and just give up on That I cannot size you up and write you off, but also I cannot size you up and give up on. That thou shalt not judge does not equate to thou shalt not care. And so you say, hey, look, I know I've got my own stuff. I know I've got this plank that, that I'm trying to deal with, but I couldn't help but notice that you've got a speck in your eye. Would you like some help with that? Can I can I offer some help with that? Friends, that's not judgment. That's love. Tough love, maybe, but love nevertheless. I mean, I've got plenty of friends who will call me on my stuff. And you know, that's when I know that I have a good friend who has the courage to confront me and say, hey man, look, I, I know that I've... Got my own stuff to deal with, but but I also can't help but notice this thing. You want to talk about it. Can I can I help you with it? I mean imagine imagine how toxic our friendships, our, our marriages, our relationships would be if if all we did was just say, look, I'm minding my own business. Yeah, I noticed the speck in your eye, but but I'm just going to turn away from it, and I'm just going to mind my own business and and just focus here. Imagine how toxic our relationships would be. And maybe you don't have to imagine how toxic those relationships are. And maybe you've, you've been in one that's turned toxic because you were just too polite to confront the issues, too busy minding your own business. And the problem with Minding your own business, it's good up to a point, but minding your own business does nothing to help those whose business needs some minding. And so with this, Jesus just totally shifts, totally shifts the power of his teaching. And it makes us a little uncomfortable. It makes me a little uncomfortable. I wish I didn't have to teach the second part of this. And you know, as a pastor, unfortunately, I've had to step in and say, hey, we need to talk. And a lot of times the first response I'll get is, this is none of your business. And I have to say, you know what, as your brother, it is my business. So how can I help? How can I help? Take the plank out of your own eye so that you can remove the speck from your neighbor's eye. So just imagine. Imagine the difference that we could make if we didn't just size people up and, and write them off. Or, or imagine the difference that we could make if we didn't just size people up and, and give up on, walk out on them because we were too afraid to confront. And so let me, let me end with... Uh, a teaching from the Apostle Paul to a church in Galatia, a church that's, that's struggling. They're, they're trying to be in community with one another. They're, they're trying to grow um, as brothers and sisters in the church. They're trying to get along, but they just kind of keep coming to a head with one another. And so listen to what he says. This is Galatians chapter 6 towards the end of uh, his letter. He says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you— who live by the Spirit, you've seen this new way of life, you've been shown to see as I see, as Jesus says, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Now, if you've got your Bibles open, underline that word, circle it, highlight it, all that stuff. Gently is very important. But watch yourselves. Pay attention to your own eyes, the planks in your own eyes. Or you may also be tempted and carry each other's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And what is the law of Christ? The law of Christ is to love one another, to love one another just as Jesus first loved us, without judgment, but not without confrontation, carrying each other's burdens the whole way towards holiness. And so what I, what I want to do as we close is, is I want to pray for us. Because now we might know just what it is that, that we need to pray for. Because some of you, you're a mess. Let's just be honest about it. And I'm right there with you. I mean, some of us, we've, we've got some planks. We've got some things that we have been holding on to. We've got some sins that we need to own up to. And others of you, you've been been just sizing people up and just writing them off. You're a little self-righteous. Some of you, you've been sizing people up and you've just been giving up on. And you need a little courage to maybe confront. And you know others, you've had someone come to you and say something to you. Maybe it was gently maybe not but you knew that there was some truth there but you heard it as judgment instead of coming from a place of love you, you, you heard it as criticism or comparison instead of from a place of care and so you just turned a deaf ear to it and said don't judge me when really you needed to listen maybe all of us we all fall somewhere in that roll call. And so, as we close, let's, let's carry each other's burdens because we got a lot of burdens to carry. Let's carry each other's burdens as we pray together. Will you pray with me? And so, God, God, um, you know us. You know us better than we know ourselves. Lord, you know uh, the planks that we have. And Lord, we're aware of them as well. So God, help us. Give us a mirror so that we could see ourselves rightly. Place before us your, your word, your teaching so that we could see ourselves. See ourselves in that light and adjust ourselves to it God, for those of us who have been sizing people up and writing them off, forgive us. Help us to show your grace. Help us to have some empathy. Lord, for those of us who have sized people up but then have just given up on, walked away from, Lord, give us the courage to go back. Give us the courage to love in that deep, that harder way. And Lord, for those of us who have maybe heard that correction and we saw it as condemnation, and Lord, if it, if it was, help us to leave that aside. But God, if it, if it wasn't about criticizing or comparing, but it was really out of care for us, Help us to listen, turn away from our foolish ways, and turn back to you, turn back to one another. God, so that we can all, all grow in your likeness, all mature as your children. And God, along the way, help us to carry each other's burdens, watching out for one another, one another in love. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.